Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast with Hal Elrod. I'm your host, Nick Polkuski, and you're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you take your life to the next level faster than you ever thought possible. In each episode, you will learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals that most haven't. He is the author of the number one best-selling book, The Miracle Morning, a Hall of Fame business achiever, an international keynote speaker, ultra-marathon runner, and the founder of VIPSuccessCoaching.com, Mr. Hal Elrod. Hello and welcome Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and I am so excited for my guest today. Uh, someone who I've, I've looked up to from afar for a long time, I've admired, and we were just at a live event, and I went to, to meet this gentleman. I was you know, kind of waiting until the crowd broke as he was one of the speakers at the event that I was at. And uh, when I went to shake his hand, I, said, I went to introduce myself, and he cut me off, and he goes, no, Hal Elrod, hey, miracle morning. And I go, oh, yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was just excited. I go, oh, you, you already know who I am. He goes, yeah, your your book's been neck and neck with mine on Kindle. I can't shake you. Yeah. So <laughs> we've been we've been competing for like, I don't, when did your book come out? Uh, mine be about a year before yours in uh, December 2012. Man, you've had great staying power. So you have an excellent book, and we've been competing uh, ever since. I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, like I don't know even know. I forget what category. Maybe like the motivation category. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. I, I don't even know either. Um, so everybody listening, this uh, you're you're hearing from James Altucher, and James Altucher. I mean, I could probably spend the entire episode giving his bio if I wanted to. What what you know what he's accomplished. I mean, he's he's made millions. He's lost millions. He's a trader. He's an investor. He's a writer. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, he is the host of one of the top podcasts on iTunes called The James Altucher Show. And he is the author of the international best-selling book, Choose Yourself, Be Happy, Make Millions, Live the Dream. James, that has to be the best tagline of any book. Be happy, make millions, live the dream. I mean, who doesn't he, want that, right? You know, I have to say, I'm not a big fan of subtitles on books. So I, I really spent a lot of time. I mean, if I told you the story of how we came up with the title, Choose Yourself, it's really a lesson in itself. But the subtitle, I didn't really care about. So I kind of just said the first thing that came to my head and, and put that there. So some, pe <laughs> some people thought it was annoying, like, you know, make millions, live the dream. But hey, it's kind of true. So yeah, no, I know I love it. And in the book, I think it lives up to that promise. And if you if you look on Amazon, by the way, listeners, uh, James has one, as of today one thousand three hundred and thirty three reviews on the book Choose Yourself, which is I mean that that is rare air. James, congratulations! Thank you. You know, I was really happy actually when I hit. I wasn't. It didn't make a difference to me when I hit a thousand reviews. But a publisher of a major publishing company told me specifically, if you can hit thirteen hundred reviews, then the book's uh, uh, gonna stay. Hmm. And uh, and so I was happy when I hit thirteen hundred reviews. <laughs> that was the magic number. Now I don't have thirteen hundred positive reviews. That's the that's the other issue. <laughs> that's a, that's Some a different people story. really like either love it or hate it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, average is four point five out of five stars. So it's the large majority that absolutely love it. And actually, I'm curious. Let's see. Yeah, uh, nine hundred and thirty five five star reviews. So that'll be another milestone when you get to a thousand five star yeah, reviews. That's it. And then another when you get to thirteen hundred five star reviews. Right. You, you know, this is always the thing, though. Like you have let's say some metric that's a goal, like I want a thousand five-star reviews or I want a million dollars or I want to marry this woman or whatever. But then when you get the goal, you know, you have to, it's always, 
even the the marrying the the great woman it, there's always some disappointment okay now i got this goal what next yeah and you have to kind of you you, you get into this uh sort of cycle of what's the next goal so i've kind of stopped looking at my at my metrics in life like so metrics might be like my amazon page or my bank account or my twitter followers now and with my relationship with my wife who i love very much i always make sure Every day I wake up thinking, okay, what am I going to do to make sure I'm not taking this relationship, you know, one of the most important relationships in my life um, for granted? So what am I going to do today? Uh, I, I don't mean to get into too so self-helpy so fast, but uh, <laughs> I, it made me think of like how all these numbers in our lives now, like, um, you know, everybody talks about, oh, I've got the zero inbox or I've got, you know, a thousand reviews or I got all these Twitter followers or I, you know, I'm, I don't know if you watched that TV show, Silicon Valley. No, I haven't. Okay. So the, this guy is really upset because he, um, he went from being worth 1.4 billion to 986 million. Hmm. So he's no longer a three comma guy. Yeah. Uh, cause he's not a billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no, he doesn't, it's only, he's a two comma guy now. <laughs> and, uh, so he gets really angry and I've actually have personally known guys exactly like that with that kind of net worth where they'll, they'll get really angry that they're only worth 2 billion. And, uh, uh, it's just sad when metrics rule your life like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a component where it's being significance-driven, right? So significant, like so much of identity is potentially attached to these metrics or these numbers, especially for the individuals you're talking about, right? I'm I'm a billionaire, and then once they can't say that anymore, it's like it threatens their identity, right? Well, and and there must be. I mean, it's really hard. Like, we all have that. So there must be something evolutionary about it. Like the ancestors who survived. To, in order to be our ancestors, must have for millions of years focused on some metrics like, okay, I'm going to be the alpha male or I'm going to, you know, be the best hunter so I can eat the most food and have the, you know, the most this or the most that. Uh, so, so there must be some evolutionary bias that we have, but we don't need that anymore because now I can just go to the supermarket and, and hunt for food and I already have children and yet it's still in my brain that... Uh, I, 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 it's an effort every day not to be metrics driven. Yeah, and I, I'm the same way, and I think that I've I've also kind of gotten closer to where you are. Where you know, it, I remember when uh, my best friend called me one day, and, and we were. He said, "Hey, did you real? Did you know you have over 500 five star reviews on Amazon for Miracle Morning?" That's great. And I said. I said, Matt, I refresh the screen about every 30 minutes. So, yeah, I'm pr pretty aware. <laughs> you know? No, like, and, th and that, that, you know, I, th this, I've written about, um, I think I've published, I don't know how many. I know I've written 17 books. I don't know how many uh, I've published yet on Amazon. Some are kind of like lying in wait. Um, but I, my first couple of books, I was doing the refresh every 15 minutes. And Choose Yourself, I did the refresh at least initially, every, every you know half hour or whatever. Yeah. But now, like Choose Yourself Guide to Wealth, my latest book, and, and The Power of No, and and I've had a couple of other books uh, recently. Uh, I don't I don't look at Amazon at all anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I, not, I, I, not that I'm so great. It's like a, it's a, <laughs> it's it's an effort. Like it had it took uh, it took like concerted uh, work to do it. Well, but and it's it's kind of like the that reminds me of you know I've, I have uh, friends that are that are day traders right with the stock market and and what stressful lives they lead 
you know, constantly watching the numbers, refreshing the numbers, you know, and, and how a drop in the numbers can just just cause them to go into panic and it can oh, ruin oh, their whole day. Oh, my God. I mean, I used to be a professional day trader. Yeah. And then and then I started a hedge fund and uh, day trading is just a, a nightmare. I was going to use bad language just to, <laughs> for a second, but I don't know if you're explicit or not. But uh, day, I if you if. You know, I would buy something, and if it just went one tick, like one motion against me, I my I could feel my blood like flowing all through my body, yeah. and I would literally at the time I was living across the street from a church, and I would I would go to the church in the middle of the day, no one would be there, and I would just get down on the floor and I would pray to Jesus, please make the stock market go up this <laughs> afternoon, and I'm Jewish, so <laughs> it never it never worked. Never worked. I, I finally. I finally quit uh, that. It was really not fun. That's funny. So, so let's let's go back a little bit. You know, in um in the introduction to choose yourself. You know, I love the intro to your book. By the way, it's just you you got so raw. You got so vulnerable in there. Uh, in fact, the first line of the book is "I was going to die," and you talk about this time in your life in two thousand two where. You had no friends. Nobody returned your calls. Uh, you had lost. You know the market crashed. You'd lost all this money, and that you literally were contempting, com, uh, contempting, contemplating suicide because you had a four million dollar life insurance policy, and you wanted your kids to have a good life, and that you thought that would be the only way, and that you had failed not only in business but as a father. So can you, you know, for at that point you had made millions, and then you essentially lost them. Can you take us back to that time, and what was that like for you, and, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, so so in the '90s, I built uh, what I thought, and I, I still think, was a really good company. Like no 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 company had websites then, like in 1995, 1996. So I would build everybody's first website. So AmericanExpress.com, I built the first website. Uh, TimeWarner.com, I built their website, uh, and met many other sites. I did websites for every entertainment company. Uh, I'm pretty sure every movie studio, most record labels. Uh, you know, a lot of TV web related websites. Uh, so, so I built a good company and then there came a point where I saw that I, I knew what was going on, which is that it's not, it wasn't rocket science to build a website. And I knew that that, but no, nobody else knew that then. Now, James, and, real quick, I have to interrupt you and ask, um, how do you get American Express, like building someone's first website that runs their own, you know, dry cleaning company? That, that's one thing. How do you get American Express and Time Warner? I'm just, I'm curious, how do you get them as your clients? Well, like American Express didn't know anything about the web. Nobody knew about how to make a website. Like nobody, nobody knew basic HTML. They thought it was like really hard programming, which, which it isn't, you know, but I have a, I have a computer science background. So anyway, I didn't need that to, to make a website, but nobody knew that. And um, so they asked their, uh, I guess, accounting firm, which I believe at the time was Arthur Anderson. I'm trying to remember. And Arthur Anderson didn't know how to do a website. So they asked me. There might have been maybe five people in New York City at the time who knew how to make a website. Hmm. And so I, it was sort of like a friend of a friend of a friend worked at Arthur Anderson. And they got me front in front of American Express. And wow. we built that website, the, the very first version of AmericanExpress.com. That was like my first big client. I had some smaller clients before then, 
TimeWarner.com, I worked at HBO, so I had an opportunity to work on a lot of, on a lot of Time Warner websites because I, I originally built my company on the side. It was like a side gig, but then it was getting bigger and bigger. So eventually, I, I had like a dozen employees when I finally left my full-time job to be the CEO of my own company. And uh, uh, so, so, you know, it was just nobody knew how to do it. So we, we were the natural. And then the more we did, obviously people would say, oh, who did that website? It was us. So it was word of mouth, got us a lot of clients. But then in the entertainment industry, we dominated. We were the only one doing all the entertainment companies. But I saw that this wasn't rocket science and that like my sister in junior high school or whatever was learning HTML. So I figured, okay, I gotta get out of this business. So I sold the company, we were profitable from day one, which might've been a problem back then. Like, you know, much better back then is if we were, did an IPO and we lost money, <laughs> but you know, we were valued on earnings, but it was still a, a good amount. And um, I, was, uh, I, I was really happy with the deal. I, I cashed out of it, it wasn't on paper. Uh, so I actually had the money. Um, and then I was just an idiot. Like I just, I didn't know, like there's three skills, earning money, keeping money, growing money. So mm -hmm. I had the first skill and I didn't yet have the second two skills. Hmm. And so I immediately, not immediately, it took me a good uh, three years, but took about th or two years, uh, I lost all the money. Like, I mean, I went from, I, this is not bragging because of what sure. I'm, I'm gonna say in the second part of this sentence, but I started out with about 15 million cash and ended up with uh, about $143 in my ATM. Wow. And yeah, it was really depressing. I can't even, I mean, if you just start with $143, that's yeah. even better than <laughs> like, cause I, cause I had spent the money on things that I was still paying for. Like I had, you know, two kids at that point and then I didn't spend it on them, but <laughs> you, I, you I bought, bought two kids at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I bought a house, uh, which was really expensive. I was just stupid. I didn't understand what I thought I would make like, okay, I'm going to make 15 million a year now. Like I didn't really understand the nature of money and how money works. And, uh, uh, so it just all collapsed on me really fast in, in a really depressing way. And of course, because money is conflated with so many things in our society, everybody thought I was an idiot. Nobody wanted to, you know, I was like bad news. So mm. nobody wanted to be around me. I couldn't work with anybody. And also I was just depressed. So I wasn't really in, in good shape. And I was depressed for a long time. Uh, I had to sell, I lost my house. Um, I, ha I moved basically 70 miles away. I, I kind of went into this self-imposed exile. I didn't leave my new house, which was tiny compared to my um, Manhattan penthouse. I didn't leave my, my new house for, for months because I was just not agoraphobic, but I just didn't feel like moving. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't good. I had to figure out, I had these two kids, so I had to figure out, okay, I did have a very expensive life insurance policy. Maybe they would be better off, because I was so worthless, I thought, maybe they would be better off with my life insurance policy than me. They weren't old enough to know who I was yet. And so I would you know, at least have this ideation of kind of killing myself and letting them have my life insurance policy. Now, I didn't do that. In, I mean, nobody should ever consider doing that, but for, for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is there's actually no guaranteed painless way to do it. Yeah. So I was, I just didn't want to do it. And then, so instead I figured, okay, I gotta, I gotta somehow make a comeback and it, it took a while, but 
you know, I did. And then I, I, you know, over time I built many other companies and made some money and then I lost it all again, lost another house and this time got a divorce and, uh, you know, and then I was at bottom again and had to come back again. So, so, so I had to, I had to really start asking myself, gosh, this keeps happening over and over. Hmm. You know, those were sort of extremes in the roller coaster, but there were kind of like minor ups and downs also in the roller coaster. And I said, this keeps happening. What am I doing right on the way up? And what am I doing wrong on the way down? And so I had to really study that and kind of get my act together. This is not even so long ago, really. And, and you know, knock on wood, I've had my act together, let's say, for the past six years. Got it. So the past six years, you've, you've, you've been kind of implementing the lessons that caused you to, to fail multiple times and, and then implementing the, le- or, or, you know, kind of avoiding those causes and implementing the causes that, that allowed you to get back on top. Right. Yeah. I've been sticking with what allowed me to succeed. And I, and I think I've been doing a better job of it. Like as I, as I get better at it, I've been learning more of the subtleties of it. So let's dive into that. You know that I mean, for, to, yeah, like you said, to go from fifteen million in cash to one hundred and forty-three dollars in the bank would be depressing for almost anybody. And and you said it best. You're, you're, you'd be better off to go from you know two hundred to one forty-three, or, or just start at one forty-three. Um, but but I always when I see. Uh, stars like celebrities whether it's athletes or actresses or people that had their 15 minutes of fame they were living the dream they had everything they could ever want and then they lost it all I always think like gosh how would I deal with that I don't even know how do you go from having such an amazing life and so much abundance whether it be financial or whatever it may be to, to losing it all so um with that said though what are your your best, you know, your, you said your strategies for being successful, those are what you continue to really focus on and implement to kind of keep yourself on a positive track. What are your best tips, the strategies that you use to achieve your goals and that you're, that got you, you know, from rock bottom to back on top and that you're continuing to implement every day? You know, it's interesting because I think you're going to relate to a lot of these, you know, based on the miracle morning. Um, You know, it's so much about really respecting yourself. So so there's basically four different tracks, physical, emotional, uh, mental, and spiritual. And I try every day to do 1% improvement in each. Now, the 1% doesn't really mean anything because there's no math to this, sure. but just have a, having a sense of growth in the areas you're trying to be good at is a strong component of just feeling good every day. Not necessarily feeling happy, but feeling good because like if you you know if you're trying to eat healthy um let's say i make a change in my diet i'm not necessarily happy about it but over the long run i'm going to be you know healthier and that's going to contribute to better well-being in my life so so like physically might mean you know i wasn't sleeping back then i would never sleep because i was always stressed so now i sleep minimum eight hours a day. So these aren't like, it's not like I'm hitting the gym and trying to lift 300 pounds a day, uh, you know, for and doing all these squats and everything. I just, I try to, you know, move enough to call it exercise every day. I try to sleep uh, and, and, and I don't, um, I, I respect my time uh, physically. And then emotionally, uh, I try to never spend any time with people who I don't like. So I try to only spend time with people that I like. Now, and it's funny, People accused me like, well, isn't that selfish? Uh, like, what if someone really needs your help and is your, 
I don't know, was your best friend and you don't like just because you don't like them, does that mean you're not going to help them? It does. Of course, it doesn't mean that. But also, you know, there's a whole thing. You don't want to be codependent on all these people either. So I, I have to take care of myself first or else I can't help anybody. So the best way of helping others is to, you know, it's the whole metaphor. Put put the mask, put the oxygen mask on your face hmm. first before you put it even on a baby sure. when the plane is going down. So I don't want the plane to go down, and I'm I'm the only plane in my life. So I have to, in order to save everyone else on the plane, I got to save myself first. So so emotionally, I try to really pay attention to the relationships where um, I the people are supportive of me, and I'm supportive of them, and it's just you know everybody's not always feeling good but these are the people who are my my crew um and then mentally i try very hard to be creative every day you know when we're kids we're creative and we have fun not all day long but you know i don't know if you know the statistic like how the, the average kid laughs 300 times a day hmm. you know how many times the average adult laughs a lot less than that <laughs> yes so five times a day Got it. Uh, so on average so some adults laugh more, obviously. But, uh, you know, so what? So you want to be kind of creative and childlike and not stress all the time. And one way I do that is every day I pick a theme and I write down 10 ideas a day. And I started doing this at first because I needed ideas for another business or I needed ideas for a book to write. But then I started doing it because I wanted to meet mentors and people who could help me. And I realized... If I just write to Warren Buffett as an example and say, "Hey, Warren, can you? I'll buy you coffee uh, tomorrow." Warren Buffett's not going to say, "Hey, stop everything. James Altucher is <laughs> going to buy me a coffee." Like I got to meet him. I got to change everything. So no, no, I you, I did write all those emails to like forty people and, and zero responded. So what I started doing was researching everyone else's business, and I would come up with ten ideas to help their business and and uh, I would send them these ideas and I would say no pressure to write me back at all I just want you to have these ideas and people wrote back and I started meeting people and kind of getting out there and it, that kind of that actually led to two create two careers that led to millions of dollars for me just even in that first batch of emails I sent out but that was already after I was writing ideas down every day for about six months because you need to, your, your idea muscle atrophies and you need to exercise it every day by coming up with 10 ideas a day. And so that's, that's what I would do is I, and I still do it. I exercise that idea muscle every single day. And I don't, I usually don't send ideas to anybody, even, you know, even if I come up with like 10 ideas that Airbnb should do, I don't necessarily <laughs> send it to Airbnb. It's just to exercise my idea muscle. Uh, I don't want to meet with Airbnb, but, uh, uh, so that's on the creative side. And then finally, on the spiritual side, I don't mean like necessarily do what I did before, which is go to a church and, and pray. But I mean, um, although there's nothing wrong with that, I, I mean, just be grateful for what you have. That's that's very spiritual. And, and there's a lot of evidence that it actually helps the brain and builds connections in the brain. And it's kind of the opposite of anxiety or regret. So anxiety and regret, with anxiety, you're you're sort of time traveling to the future, like, oh, this might happen six months from now. And all of those anxieties almost never come true. Like, it's impossible for us to predict six months from now. Mm. And Or you have regret where you're time traveling back into the past. Like, oh, God, why did I lose 
that 15 million. I could have done, I could have given it all to charity at the very least. Like I could have regret that every day of my life, but it won't do me any good. It's only going to rob me of energy right now. But being grateful right now actually gives me energy right now. So all these four things I mentioned give me more energy right now than doing the opposite. Like, and so the opposite is spending time with people you don't like or only sleeping three hours a day or not being creative or laughing at all during the day or not being grateful for what you have and always kind of striving, like what we were talking earlier, always striving for that next metric. Uh, so the opposite is what will destroy you. And um, so I call this my daily practice, just like you have your own practice with the, the miracle morning and, and so on. And, uh, and that really helps me. And it, I don't, you know, since Choose Yourself has come out, a lot of people have written me that it's helped them also, but I don't necessarily, I think people, you know, you can sort of fill in the blanks. Okay, what is my physical practice? What is my emotional practice? And so on. What works for me works for me, and everybody just has to try for themselves. I what I the theme that I kind of gained from that a lot and a lot of what you've said is you know you've been to the top of the mountain in terms of success monetarily speaking business wise etc and you know you've fallen down and now you've built yourself back up but what I get a lot of the theme of what you're talking about is really nurturing yourself and really experiencing the joy in every moment every day of life rather than having your joy or your significance or your emotional well-being attached to anything outside of yourself. Would that would yeah. that be fair to say? Yeah, that's very important. Like it's so important and yet it's so difficult because again of the way we're we're wired uh you know, evolutionary speaking. So like when 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 I wake up in the morning, there's this huge tendency to um Okay, what have I got to do today? What 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 could potentially disappoint me today? Uh, am I overwhelmed today? So I have to really, you know, maybe that's not the same for everyone. Like that's just kind of like where my ther thermometer seems to be set. And so I have to really consciously, as soon as I wake up, um, I try to think of something that's happened in the past few days um, that gave me a lot of pleasure. Uh, uh, like, for instance, I had a conversation with my 13-year-old daughter a couple days ago, which was really like a nice conversation, and I loved it, and I even wrote about it, and it gave me a lot of pleasure. And you know what that feels like. You feel the pleasure in your chest and your head and, mm -hmm. and so on. And so I just try to, like, let that seep into my, you know, all the kind of, you know, corners of, of my consciousness as soon as I wake up, and I and then I start feeling grateful for whatever sounds I'm hearing outside, like... You know, I live near the the river and there's lots of birds and, um, you know, it's just very nice uh, where, where I live right now. So uh, I try to, you know, right away focus on what's going to be good for me internally, because I know if I'm feeling good internally, the external will take care of itself. And I because I can't predict the external, you know, I can't predict if uh, what's if a plane is going to crash into my house or something. Uh, but I can um, I can improve my ways of dealing with something like that. Yeah. You know, I, the third tip that you gave there about writing down 10 ideas every day, I, I do want to give a quick plug for a book that you co-authored with your wife recently called Become an Idea Machine. And yeah, just, just, just to um, mention, she wrote that. I just wrote the forward. Uh -huh. She, she kind of ran with that and wrote the whole thing. I only wrote the forward. But, but that's really about that third leg of this daily practice uh, of building the idea muscle.
Yeah, yeah, and I just I did I've got that book. I cracked it open, and uh, and I'll I'll commit to you and all of our, our listeners that I'm going to start going through the exercises because it's basically writing down ten ideas. It kind of gives you prompts in all these different areas, and I really feel like that's an the, the improvement that that would make for uh, all of our creativity. And yeah, not, a, a lot of people were having were asking me what are good. Uh, categories or prompts for the idealist. So she gives 180, wow. 90 where you're kind of dealing with your ideas for yourself and then 90 where you're solving problems for others. Because because the best way to make money, of course, is to provide value. For, if you want to make a million dollars, provide you know $2 million worth of value to someone else. So the book really kind of guides someone along t- on that direction. And uh, we... Uh, between Choose Yourself and that book, we've gotten so much feedback that's been really positive about the impact it's had. Uh, I've been really, that's one of the things I wake up being grateful about every day. That's great. And you want, I'll tell you, you guys have inspired me. Um, my uh, my wife, uh, Ursula, we've talked, or I've talked to her about, I would, you know, I think she has so much great knowledge, especially as a parent. I think she's such a great mom. And I've talked to her about writing a book on it. And she goes, oh, who am I to write a book? And, you know, I, but but you guys have inspired me the way you work together, you write together, you guys host a podcast together. You've got your podcast, The James Altucher Show. And then, uh, and then remind me the name of your podcast with Claudia. Uh, it's called Ask Altucher. So people... Uh, I, I give out my phone number on the podcast. People text me questions and she goes through the questions and then asks me one that I don't know the question in advance. And then we talk about it. Hmm. That's cool. That's really And cool. sometimes we interview people. So, uh, you know, we, we've had some great interviews on, on the Ask Altature podcast as well. Very cool. Very cool. What right now, what's your, your number one goal right now? What, what, what is it right now for James Altucher? Are you excited about? Uh, you know, it's an interesting question because I have a I have an answer that I almost always give to that question because I don't really have I'm not very goal oriented at all, uh, specifically for the reasons we're talking about. Like I try very hard not to have goals. So so I know that if I if I just one percent improve physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually every day, then magic will happen because I'll I'll be a completely different person six months from now because it compounds and. I have no idea, like six months ago, I would have no idea, um, you know, all the different things that have happened to me in the past six months. And similarly, I have no idea what's going to happen six months from now. But I do know that I get a lot of emails uh, about from people who are really kind of frustrated and depressed at their jobs. So like, for instance, I got an email yesterday, a woman um, is a nurse she has she's got two hundred and ten thousand dollars in student loan debt and like every other single person in the universe she wants to change careers but she's like tied you know we all have had multiple careers you've had multiple careers i've had multiple careers we've all had multiple careers in our lives and uh but now young people are saddled with so much debt they they're kind of handcuffed to, to one career, and I think it's really going to destroy innovation and and just overall well-being in this country um, if we can't solve this problem. So I'm thinking about uh, a book related to that, like how to kind of solve this this issue for people. So that's what I work on during the day. But I but again, I, I mostly just focus. If I I know that if I'm today success if I'm successful today at improving physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That's the best predictor of a successful tomorrow. 
I love it. And by the way, to give people a visual of that, the it's an acronym that I call in the Miracle Morning book, I call it PIES, right? P-I-E-S, physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. So really focusing on improving your PIES, if you will, every day. And James, so I like, the, you know, it's unique the way you take your approach to achieving what you don't even probably call goals, but obviously you achieve results. You know, you've got a one of the top podcasts, your books are successful, etc. But for you, you focus not as much on the goals themselves, but just becoming a better version of yourself every day. And then whatever manifests as a result of who you're becoming, those kind of become your unspoken, unwritten goals and, and add value to your life. Would you say that's true? Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you um, something I'm really proud of that happened in the past uh, month or so. Yeah, you know, it happened, it happened uh, in February, uh, January or February. I forget. So I was visiting um, I was visiting the set of a TV show that a friend of mine is wrote and is producing. And uh, suddenly in the middle and I'm really enjoying it. Like there's these world famous stars, world famous director. I'm hanging out with my friend. I'm, I'm watching this great TV show get made, uh, and I'm having the time of my life. And then I get a phone call right in the middle of the day, and it's an emergency board meeting of a company I was involved in, and it was bad news. Hmm. And literally that day, and I have never told this story on a podcast, I probably won't tell this story anywhere else just because, whatever, there's a lot <laughs> of reasons. But uh, so right that day, in the middle of the day, I lost $7 million on mm. paper, but still it was a very liquid yeah. $7 million. I could have cashed out like the day before, for instance, and I <laughs> di- didn't. And, um, uh, and and the other day I told my friend who, was, who, who wrote this show um, what happened that day. Um, and he was like, you're kidding. And I'm like, no, it happened like in the middle of the day. He said, but yeah, but you were there, you, were, you stayed around another seven hours at the show because you know these TV shoots could last 18 hours. Sure. And uh, he's like, we, you were having like the best time. And yeah, I said, yeah, it was like the best day of my life practically. Hmm. And uh, uh, so I'm really proud. Not it, you, Normally people are proud like on days when they make money or, or achieve hmm. something or accomplish something. I'm really proud that I didn't let, you know, this wasn't a, it's not like this was a trivial amount of money for me. This was a significant sure. amount. Like I didn't want to lose it. And, but I'm proud that I it allowed myself to still enjoy the day and then the next day I dealt with, you know, the situation at hand, but there was nothing I can do. So that was that. Like I didn't let it affect me. And I've accomplished actually quite a bit since that day uh, instead of just being, you know, depressed or whatever. Well, I think that's the greatest lesson that, that we can, any of us can learn to choose our own, you know, our own emotional experience in any given set of circumstances, right? And, and that's actually James uh, Victor, or Victor Frankel, sorry, in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that's what he said, that when he was in the Nazi concentration camp, he realized, well, if I'm going to be in a Nazi concentration camp and I'm probably going to die pretty soon, I might as well be the happiest person I could possibly be in my life right now. And so he yeah. literally chose himself, right? He chose happiness and and then he luckily he was rescued but he literally was able to be the you know as happy as he'd ever been and i think that that for all of us it teaches us that just because you have challenges or adversity or things don't go your way you can either allow that you can let that make you miserable or you can be the happiest person the most grateful person going through even the most difficult time in your life and you know that is that is both a great example and a horrible example, the Viktor Frankl example. First off, 
I recommend everybody read at least the first half of that book. I wasn't as much interested in the theoretical back part, yeah. but his story was like, it was so beautifully written and it's such an intense story. I can't even compare, uh, obvious, nobody can compare with like what he was going through and how he found meaning in his life in the middle of a concentration camp. Mm. Like here I was proud of myself because I had fun on the set of a TV show. <laughs> the guy was like an Auschwitz or Dachau, I forget which one he was in. And uh, uh, he was finding meaning because from two things. One is um, he, he had hope that he was gonna see his wife again. So that kept meaning in his life. Now he never did see his wife again. She died in the concentration camps and he had hope that he was gonna write about this and that put meaning into his life. And just an incredible story. So I guess, again, like my story doesn't compare to that, but in a, in a very small, weak, kind of trivial way, you know, I didn't want a bad experience to affect what was for me that day a wonderful experience. And money is not the most important thing in the world. You know, there's, everybody has a different number that they want or need. And, uh, you know, again, though, I'm not comparing myself to sure. Victor Frankl. No, I wasn't, trying to, I wasn't trying to compare and say... Stop this podcast right now and read that book. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to compare and say, yeah, James, you're no Victor Frankl. No, that, that's not at all. That wasn't my intention. Um, no, but it reminded me of that because, you know, yeah, maybe it's a money thing, but still, it's, it's you. I think that the lesson is universal, that you could have let that ruin your day. You could have let that ruin the experience. And to me, it's the right every day of life. We get to choose the experience that we have. doesn't matter what happens around us or outside of us. It really just matters what's going on inside of us. And that I think you proved that in that instance. So I think it's a great example. Yeah, and I'm actually glad that it happened because I haven't had an experience like that in a while. And But I've been doing this daily practice for years. And uh, I'm glad that I to see for my, I was proud of myself how I reacted. And so that's kind of been one of the most pleasurable things for me these past few months was my reaction to heavy loss. Now, James, is that uh, your, your daily practice, those four components that you do every day? I'm just curious, is that done in the morning? Is that your, you know, your miracle morning, so to speak, or do you do them later in the day? What, when do you do those four components? Uh, the, the physical, you know, for me, the most important things are diet and sleep and movement. So I'll, I, like this morning, I woke up, uh, I had eight hours sleep. I took a walk at like 4.30, 5 a.m. And I, I, I don't eat a meal until after uh, other, other things happen. And then um, I know Dan Ariely, you know, who he is, um, you know, he wrote like uh, Predictably Irrational. Um, he was on my podcast once and he mentioned that people are most productive from two, uh, two, starting two hours after they wake up to four hours after they wake up. Hmm. So what I do is I try to read for the first, you know, read or walk for the first two hours immediately after I wake up. And then um, the reading inspires me to do what I really love doing. So at my peak productivity time of the day, which is usually from seven to nine or 10 in the morning, I'll write. And so I either write or I'll write down 10 ideas or I'll write down 10 ideas and I'll write a post. That's my where I'm exercising the idea muscle. And when I'm reading, I'm usually reading right next to Claudia and we're talking and so I've already by then and, and also when I first wake up, I immediately have to practice what I'm grateful for. So already by like 10 a.m., I've, I've covered the four 
legs of this daily practice. But then throughout the day, I, I continue. Like I'll take a walk or maybe I'll try writing again, although it won't be as, as thorough. I've already done like my main writing for the day. Um, I'll read more. I'll spend time with like with my kids or people I love. Uh, I'll, I'll take care of business. Um, but I only now do business with people I like. I never do business with people I don't like. I'm on your podcast, Hal, because I'm a fan of yours. Awesome. So otherwise, I wouldn't be on your podcast. Uh, uh, so it's only I only do things now. Now again, people say, "Oh, well, not everyone could choose this." I don't know if that's true. Like it takes time, but I I had nothing when I started doing this, and every time I've hit bottom, so it's more than once. Just by t having this practice, I've gotten to a point where I've been able to to have days like today. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I, this has been great. I, I'd love to wrap up with uh, your best piece of advice. You know, could be a quote, a mantra, a guiding principle, James, that has really helped you in, in your life uh, personally or professionally. But what's the best piece of advice that you've been given that you can share with our Achieve Your Goals listeners? Okay, well, uh, I'll say two things real quickly. One is I definitely recommend figuring out what your own daily practice is, uh, you know, according to your, it's similar to your pies, so like, you know, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, like that's above and beyond the thing that's changed my life the most. But uh, I heard some advice maybe like a month ago, I think it was from Derek Sivers, where he, he said basically, if something's not a hell yeah, then mm. it's a no. Yep. So this is incredibly important, like, you know, I was supposed to go to a meeting yesterday and I kind of, I, I was already there, uh, almost at the meeting. And I'm like, you know what? This is not a hell yeah. And so even though it took me an hour and a half to get there, I turned around and went home. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't a hell yeah. And instead I spent time with my kids. Which was so, a hell yeah. That's a hell yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's really important advice. We only, no matter what you believe in, we, we're, I'm only going to be James Altucher once. So I got to create the best James Altucher I, I can. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, I am grateful that you focus on that because you are impacting you know millions of people's lives through your work. So I really appreciate you. Uh, if somebody wants Thanks, to get Tom. in touch with you, yeah, you're welcome. If they want to get in touch with you, um, you know, follow up with you, learn from you, et cetera, your, you know, whether it's your blog, et cetera, what's the best place, the best way to get in touch with you? Well, I put some posts on jamesaltershire.com. I put every post on my Facebook page, so you can always um, follow me on Facebook, James Altucher, there's only one of us. Uh -huh. um, uh, or you can even text me, I don't answer my phone ever, but you can text me at 203-512-2161 and ask me a question. I'm not always able to answer every question, but I answer some of them. Or I have a Twitter Q&A, Every Thursday, I'm at Jay Altucher, and every Thursday from 3.30 to 4.30 Eastern Time, um, people ask me hundreds of questions, and I, and I usually stick around until I answer every question. Wow. Wow. That's, I didn't know that. That's cool. I have to check that out. Yeah. I do it today. I'm going to do it later today. Later today. And what time did you say? 3.30 Eastern Time. So 12.30. Cool. I'm available at that time. I'm going to write that down. Awesome. Excellent. Well, James, again, thank you so much. I really appreciate you, my friend. Excellent, Hal. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Absolutely. And Achieve Your Goals listeners, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you more than you know. Uh, you could be doing anything right now, listening to any podcast, and the fact that you are listening to this one uh, means a lot to me. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And until next week, set those goals 
focus on those goals, gain extraordinary clarity on what you really want and what you need to do to achieve them, and then go out there and settle for nothing less because that's what you deserve. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. Take care. And thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast. So we want to know what were your big takeaways from this episode with James and Hal. Simply send a message to Hal on Facebook or Twitter or go to halelrod.com slash 077 for episode number 77 and just leave a comment there on the show notes page. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. This greatly helps more people find out about the podcast and decide if this is the show for them. But now it's time for you to actually go out and choose yourself. What are you going to do this week to take that next step, to move that one level closer to your goals? Go take action and achieve your goals. If you're looking to grow your business using podcasting, but don't have the time to edit the audio, insert the intro and outro, write up the show notes, post the episode to all the different sites, and do all of the ridiculous back-end work that's required, then you need yourpodcastguru.com, where you bring the content and we take care of the rest. We'll even co-host the show for you. Visit yourpodcastguru.com right now to explode your audience and crush it in the podcasting world.